Hey there, welcome to another stacked episode of the Broadway Show Uncut. It's the place where we go in depth with Broadway's top talent. So we have two amazing interviews on this week's episode of the podcast. Coming up in just a few, Paul Wontorek talks to Tony winner Andrew Burnap about bringing Aaron Sorkin's Camelot to Broadway. But first, Laura Linney and Jessica Hecht are back on Broadway, starring in summer 1976. It's a moving and insightful story of an unlikely friendship formed over one fateful summer. I had a chance to sit down with Laura and Jessica between rehearsals to talk about the play, friendship, and products we missed from the 70s and more. Nice to see you both. Thank Thanks, you for taking James. the time. Um, middle of rehearsal right now, but I want to jump into uh, to talk about summer of 1976 and where you begin to get these characters. Where do you go for these characters? Because we, we were all there, younger, mm -hmm. but we were all there. So where do you go? It's a really good question, I must say. I, well, I think you, um, your first move is to go to some place that is um, just sort of intuitive and internal, and then the language starts to tell you a little bit more about how to chart your <laughs> your mm -hmm. journey. But the I, I I feel the way this writing works is on a very very deep level of our memory of um, becoming like who we are. They they um, start to talk in this way that seems very uh, grounded in that moment in time. Mm -hmm. what, what would you say about your well, I think it's, it's, you know, the period of time and the culture is certainly running underneath all of it um, and influences certain decisions and maybe yeah. certain, you know, um, the choices that we make. So it's the, and then it's just fun to think about. You know, it's just fun to make lists of all those songs yeah. and the memories of how things smelled back then, the, the colorful nature of clothing, what clothing was before it all went black yeah. in the yeah. 80s, you know, yeah. which it just did, it all went yeah. black. And remembering the toys that you would ask for for Christmas, yeah. the Toodaloop radios yeah. and the, oh my you know, all of that stuff, yeah. you know, and the, so it's, um, and what culturally was so different then than now, and also than what is exactly the same. Talk about that. Talk about what is the same, because I think that that's really interesting. All that time that's gone by, all the experiences that we've had, but there are still some threads that are the same. Well, I think friendship is still the same. Yeah. Friendship is friendship. And it's a, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, a necessary thing for everybody. And female friendships are extremely deep and it can really transform you. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, so that's that's the thing that stays the same. And how you become closer is so interesting. Through, you know, yeah, it, it, you can't really um, manage that. Uh, meaning you can't you can't kind of force the the way in which we become close. It's quite lovely the way the play gives you these circumstances that mm -hmm. um, that that then Laura and I have talked about things that are not necessarily in the playbook that we both reflect on as long car rides or mm -hmm. dinners that yeah. suddenly take you into some territory that yeah. you didn't expect to talk about, but you suddenly feel safe enough to do that. Mm -hmm. I feel like female friendships, especially for me, I, I, hit, I hit 50 and all of a sudden those female friendships and my mother had told me that before she died they were going to be very important to me yeah. someday yeah. i mean they were important growing you know all through my life but really someday they were going to have a different kind of meaning and i and i, I see that now do you feel that now in your own lives personally oh sure 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they're witnesses to your life. Yeah. You know, they know the parents who are no longer alive. They know where you've stumbled and where you've done yeah. well and how yeah. you've changed and how you've improved yourself or, you know, they're, it, it's, a, it's a witness. Yeah. That's a beautiful way That's to say it. That's a really beautiful yeah. way to say it. And that also reflects the idea that a great friend doesn't, um, doesn't look at you uh, with judgment, that they actually understand. Yeah, yeah. Some, well, there yeah. are moments. <laughs> <laughs> there are moments, but yeah. then they kind of, yeah. <laughs> sure, but they, they, know, they know so much of you. Yeah. They yeah. know that, yeah. you know, whatever annoying, bad part of you yeah. that they may experience is a small part of is you. Is a small and, part. And is worth getting to the better part. Yeah. What is it like to, what are the challenges of a world premiere uh, like this for both of you? Oh. World premiere. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't thought of it as when a I, world I, I, premiere. I read that and I was like, "That sounds oh, huge." Yeah. <laughs> when when you're working on a new play, when you have the, you know, the great privilege of working on a new yeah. play, yeah. you know, you're you're so curious all the time. Like, what is this? Yeah. Does this work? What works? Why does it work? What is it going to unfold? Where are the surprises along the way? Where are the hints that the playwright has given you for, as for your foundation? Like, what? what's in there yeah. um, oh. and then like how does it function and you know we're we're not at the point where we can answer that one yet but mm. we're we're certainly learning from it and it's it's sort of like going into a, a country that you've never been to before exploring yeah yeah, yeah. Now, uh, a two-person versus a one-person that I think you did last time that you were on Broadway. <laughs> this is Jessica's question. This is your question. Go ahead and ask. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. It is the question of, well, if it doesn't go well, I only have myself to blame. <laughs> and, if it, and if it doesn't go yeah. well, I only have them to blame. Yeah. No. <laughs> it is the question of whether, I guess it's a personality test in a way to say, we all, you know, are, are, which do you at this moment, if you were to reflect on just your process with Lucy Barton and, um, uh, and your process with this, I'd be yeah. actually curious, yeah. um, did you rely on the writer and the director almost as your scene partner with Lucy Barton? I, it was the language. Mm -hmm. It was, the language was my partner. Mm. Beautiful. You know, wow. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and Elizabeth's, you know, language is so beautiful. Yeah. And it would hold you. Uh, but I think doing a one-person play or a two-person play, we'll see, but I, I'm thinking you have to be very kind to yourself. How's you that? have to be. Well, that's what because you said it's, repeatedly, it's, which yeah. is so beautiful. It's just yeah. because things are going to go wrong. You are going to mess up. It is bound to happen. Mm -hmm. And you can either really just beat yourself up about it, and then it will affect the rest of the work in a very negative way or you have to give yourself the permission to not be perfect. And, okay, so that didn't work. What did I learn from it and, and move forward? Um, you know, the, the thing that's great about, is about this, and we've talked about a lot, is, you know, is we're doing this together. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's not two separate people in a way. It's like, you know, yeah. we're, yeah. we are yeah. really working together and making decisions based off of each other's um, contributions. Yeah. So I think we're guiding each other along the way, which consequently makes us invested in each other's work as well. Mm -hmm. Not just what we bring, but also, yes. you know, the, the sound of it together.
Um, Which is the foundation of who they, right. the, yeah. the story is really about. It's quite funny that the story is about what we are experiencing mm -hmm. when you. Mm -hmm. But that was something that Laura said, maybe the second rehearsal. And I must say, there's certain things that y you, of course, <laughs> you would tell your children or you would tell anyone starting out, you know, things will go wrong, but you are, you are just by virtue of being, yeah. you know, someone who performs, wanting it to go right. Yeah. Yeah. I, want, I don't want it. And yeah. to say that that is part of the human nature, the human experience of yeah. doing live yeah. art. You have to, like, get rid of the shame. Yeah. Because we are so hard on ourselves. Oh, yeah. We really are. Yeah. You know, that you have to allow yourself to stumble. Mm -hmm. And that it's not the end of the world and you're working on something, and there's a process, mm -hmm. and this is where you are in the process, and... <laughs> yeah, I feel like if there's a lesson, though, that we ever teach somebody coming up behind us, that's it, because I think early so. in life, yeah. we don't, we don't want to see our imperfect, we don't no. want to allow yeah. ourselves oh, no. to it's, yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it's, you don't, you don't, you know, if you're perfect, you have nowhere to go. I mean, you've just, you've just yeah. stopped growing yeah. instantly, so you have to sort of befriend the things that are really wrong and that you know are probably going to go wrong yeah. and like okay so then how do I deal with it you know um, that is also part of the play you think like the idealized life that your friend thinks mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. you know you just think of any friend that you're truly close to and when you kind of imagine them late at night at home, you always think, oh, I'm sure they're like lying with their partner mm -hmm. on the couch. Their apartment looks yeah, perfect. Yeah, reading poetry to each other. That's right. Eating <laughs> some delicious <laughs> yeah, like, right. yeah. brioche yeah. that they've just yeah. baked. And you're like, no. <laughs> they're probably. That is yeah. so true. Yeah. That yeah. is so any, true. Any good friend I have, I always idealize. And then this play is about uh, Actually, snipping that away. <laughs> like reality. Real, yeah. The reality. Yeah. Um, you've been performing double duty. Mm, I know. Unbelievable. That's a lot. unbelievable. It's unbelievable to, what she's doing. You, it's extraordinary what very, she's doing. Very generous. I mean, this I, 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 no, I don't know how, I don't know how she's well, doing it. Yeah, how, no, how she's are giving you? such a gorgeous performance <laughs> over there. Eight well, shows a week. And then she's here all day long doing incredible work uh, in that well, room. And they're so different. And I know how exhausted I am just from being in rehearsal and then I think about Jess oh. who then is is going and you know doing this incredible thing at Signature it's it's oh. um, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to watch that means so much Laura oh my I'm God. so beautiful I'm so honored by you but um, that other play which is called Letters from Max and has been a, a tremendous experience is was is so tightly structured it gives you sort of a lens into what Laura was talking before about um, at a certain point in a process, the play itself uh, is uh, lifts up out, uh, sort of away from your anxiety about it and your um, mm -hmm. sort of worrying it into mm -hmm. <laughs> performance, and it and it and it has its own uh, kind of identity that is um, stable, and you don't need to worry your way through it. And mm -hmm. luckily, the way this worked, and I'd been working on that play for quite a while, it is in a, a stable place. So it's like. Mm, Performing an instrument, a different using a different instrument in the in the evenings to do that. Swimming and tennis. Swimming and tennis. <laughs> yeah. It's swimming and tennis. Neither of which I'm very good at. <laughs> um, okay, some items from 1976 that we miss that we cannot get today. Loves baby soft and loves fresh lemon. 
there was a shampoo that God knows what chemicals was in that now, but it was a, I think it was a Fabergé wheat stalk shampoo, and it had a, it had a certain um, smell to it. It was right, kind of like right. light amber color, it looked like maple syrup yeah, almost. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. That was, really that was great. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We did the lip products. We've talked yeah. about the lip products. Bonnie yeah. Bell yeah. lip yeah. smackers. Yeah. Bell. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna find those metal things and send them over to you. I love. They mm -hmm. were so good. Yeah. Um, Wendy, do you miss Wendy? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. oh her. I miss Wendy. <laughs> oh her. <laughs> I know you're not Wendy. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I, I do. do too. I miss I miss all those people. I miss the that was a tremendous experience and I loved it. Yeah. And I loved playing her because she was just such a mess. And <laughs> you know, there were so many things wrong with her. Um, so I so I do miss her. I've also never played anything that long. Oh, you know, I've oh, never, you know, know, it was, it was five years <gasps> and I've, I've never, wow. I've never been involved with something for such a long period of time. Yeah. Thank you both. Such I, a pleasure. I, yeah. Oh, it's such yeah. a pleasure yeah. to talk to you both. I, I love, I love seeing women do this. I love seeing you both do it together. Thank, thank you. Thank you thing. so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Emmy and Oscar winner Aaron Sorkin's got a new show on Broadway to talk about this spring. It's his adaptation of the classic Lerner and Lowe musical Camelot. There's still King Arthur, Lancelot, Guinevere, and Merlin, but this version eliminates the magic wands and more. Andrew Burnap plays Arthur. He sat down at Lincoln Center with Paul Wontorek. Andrew, hey, hey. so good to see you. So good to see you. Lincoln Center, your new home. Here we are. I mean, this is like one of the most beautiful spots in New York City. It's kind of cool to make this like your Yeah, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah. yeah. You're playing the king. Uh, You're King Arthur in Camelot. Yep. And I don't think there's been a king here since the King of Siam. I think the king and I? You're right. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, maybe in one of these other theaters, there might have been something with a king. But that was a big, a big uh, theatrical king here. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. Yes. So I have now been dubbed uh, the new king. How did this come to you? I didn't really know Camelot that uh -huh. well. I, I feel was like a, a lot of people don't really know Camelot, especially yeah. younger people. Yeah, and so I knew the legend, uh, you know, just sort of tangentially. But And then um, when I saw who was attached, I kind of didn't even need to read the new script or anything. I, I was Meaning sort of, Bart Scher, the director. Bart and Aaron, Aaron Sorkin, Sorkin and Lincoln a, Center. Yeah, Lincoln Center. I was sort of like, this. Is, I would be very stupid to say no to this. <laughs> um, and from there, then I read Aaron's script and fell in love with it. And, and from there, I was sort of like, oh, please, please, please let me do this. This is a really good role. And King Arthur is um, obviously a very iconic mm. character. Mm. But you have a really great sort of, you know, there's a lot of mystery around, uh, wonder what the king is doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, like right. your first song. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. and it's, it's all about sort of, uh, you know, unstripping this royalty, this character. And yeah. we, obviously we love this in pop culture too. I mean, yeah. just look at the Harry Megan news, right? I, I mean, we love to, Sort of see this, yep. and this musical kind of does that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the guy in the beginning, and then yep. you kind of really get to know him. There's a line in the show where it says, uh, "People are entertained by all things royal," which is true. Wow. Especially Americans, I think. Yeah. Because it's sort of other and uh, away from us across the pond. There's an obsession there, and I mean, you know, it goes back a, a very, very long time. But you, you talk about Princess Diana and yeah. then her two kids, and there's just such a 
There's such a fascination with royalty, and, and this show obviously definitely deals with that. Uh, and then there's also the Kennedy thing with this show. Yeah, yeah. Sort of famously, I, could, I, could, I, I was doing the research, and I realized it was a week after John F. Kennedy was killed, Jackie Kennedy gave an interview yep. and said that he loved going to sleep, to, right? Like, they listened he to Camelot. He was before. obsessed with Camelot, you know, for the idealism that also matched up with, with Kennedy's agenda. And he referred to himself as Lancelot, which I find really interesting that he didn't call himself Arthur. So let's explore this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. That was the one thing that sort of popped out to me, and I went, huh, I wonder why. But I, I guess it makes sense. So I he mean, wanted to be the hot, sexy stranger exactly who comes in and shakes right. everything up. <laughs> it's exactly right. Yeah, not the old musty king. Um, but yeah, which is uh, something I did not know. I had no idea that, that Kamala had such a sort of um, a big place in, yeah. in American politics. So that's, and I think that this production honors that in a, in a new way. Cool. Yeah. And it is a love triangle. Yes. Uh, very King much Arthur so. does have to worry about Lancelot swooping in he with does. his singing. And... I know, I know, <laughs> and his, his uh, braggadocio and all yes. of this. I mean, you know, he's. He comes in and everyone in the entire kingdom goes, who the hell is this guy? Right. Um, which is great at first, right. and then things get a little complicated. Yeah. So what about you? Do you think you would say you'd rather be a Lancelot or a King Arthur? I mean... Oh, 100% King Arthur. Yeah? yeah so what do, yeah. what do you like about this guy? Well, in a world of cynicism and detachment yeah. and sarcasm, he earnestly believes that humanity can be better and we can actually create systems that provide for society's most vulnerable and actually do it well. Not in a way that is a power grab or a sort of brushing off of the world's problems. He really truly believes that and he's also such a little nerd, which I identify with <laughs> big time. And he has such a big heart and, and loves people and what people can be and his greatest enemy is people in the end, human nature. So. Um, I would 100% be, I, I love Lancelot, don't get me yeah. wrong, but I would always want to be Arthur. Yeah, you know, you kind of have like a Kennedy-ish vibe. I mean, you- Oh, wow, yeah. I'll take that. I mean, like, yeah. you, you could fit into that. <laughs> and you grew up not far, you grew up in Rhode Island. Rhode Island, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. weren't far from the compound. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, yeah. I'm like um, 40 minutes away from the church where they were married. That's where I was born and raised. And yeah. you have that fact in your head. That's exactly right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to be somehow tied to the Kennedys? Of course, everybody does. Yes, <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. So Aaron Sorkin mm. uh, didn't, um, he didn't adapt the original script. He rewrote the book. A complete, And And I know yes. his involvement, you know, he said, I will do it if I can completely rewrite yes. the book. Yes, and, and kudos to the estate that gave him you know, free reign, and he really did start from scratch, and he created a world that's witty and funny and tragic and complicated and a bit more modern, and one that I think honors the original story beautifully and captures all of that, dare I say, magic from the original mm -hmm. um, without the literal magic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, oh, lovely. Um, <laughs> I said magic and birds flew by. Uh, uh, I, he's just created something that I think people will see themselves in, uh, in, a, in a very new way.
I love that. Mm. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I mean, this is Lincoln Center uh, does well with these big grand. Yeah, musicals. they tend to do pretty well. Do you remember the first time you ever came here to Lincoln Center? Okay, you ready for this story? Yeah. This is not the first time I came to Lincoln Center, but I was supposed to come and see South Pacific. Oh, okay. Which was directed by Barley yes, Cheer. Yes. Instead of coming to see South Pacific with my entire family, I faked being sick at home so that I could throw a party at my parents' house in high school. It this, was this a is rather, the guy we're dealing with. This is who you're dealing with. <laughs> it was a lackluster party. Nothing that I wanted to happen happened. My friends urinated in a water bottle and left it in my sister's room. And my parents enjoyed South Pacific. The first time I came to Lincoln Center was to see My Fair Lady uh, to Lincoln Center Theater. Yeah. And uh, I absolutely loved it and moreover loved the space. I had never been inside a theater like that. Yeah, it's and now being on stage, you are so, it's such a giant space, but it's also rarely intimate. Yeah. I've never been in a theater like that before in my life. So, I mean, here so, we go. I realize I haven't actually seen you since Tony night when yeah. you won your Tony in 2021 <laughs> for the 2020 Tonys, the inheritance, yeah, yeah. fantastic performance. <laughs> Thank you. But when you win a Tony, is, do you feel pressure for like what the next thing is? Absolutely. Yeah. I think anytime you are sort of validated in that way, it increases expectation, uh -huh. which in my mind is never a good thing. Not that I feel it from other people, but from myself, I feel a sort of yeah. that, 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 okay, you were given this thing for this show that you did. Uh, what else can you do? I definitely feel that. Do you still get the excitement? You haven't been in New York that long. You're still kind of new to Broadway. Yes. You just happen to be a Tony winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, I still get nervous. I, I get nervous, I get excited. I think the nerves just point to how much I, I do care about it. If I didn't get yeah. nervous, I'd be worried. Uh, I care very, very deeply about, you know, acting in general, but I, I also each show that I do, and this one, in particular, it's it's I like challenging myself and doing new things, even mm -hmm. though it's that's sometimes hard and you can fail miserably in front of a lot of people. And uh, but that's what makes it so exciting. And uh, if it wasn't exciting, why even do it? That's awesome. I love it. So when you walk up to the, I mean, look at this theater. I know. I mean, it's so crazy. It's you're amazing. Like, you're working inside an institution. It's so amazing. Yeah. It's uh, I my. Uh, birthday was on Sunday, and Happy I birthday. thank you so much. And I turned and I um, thought I sort of stood out here and thought, what would 14-year-old Andrew, who threw that party, say about all of this? And I think he would be on the floor. I, I in some sort of odd way, I saw this for myself, but not so concretely. Mm and certainly not doing a major musical at Lincoln Center at this early in my life. So I feel truly full of, of gratitude in a way that, that I don't know, I'm, I'm, I, I get very teary-eyed when I think of how lucky I am to be doing this, and all of us, and uh, doing it here in particular is like, I don't know, it feels like I'm gonna wake up from a dream sometime soon. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Be sure to check out The Broadway Show on TV. Check your local listings at thebroadwayshow.com. 
And until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel. Thanks for being here for the Broadway show Uncut.